This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. And now from San Francisco, where global innovators and investors, governments and institutions, foundations and social entrepreneurs have gathered for SOCAP 2018, the world's leading conference on impact investing and social enterprise. This is a Business Radio special presentation of Dollars and Change. Here are your hosts, Catherine Klein and Cheryl Kuhlman. Welcome back. I'm Catherine Klein, and we have a switch-up. We have a switch-up. I'm Cheryl Kuhlman. I'm not, if you call me Nick sometime during the show, that'll be fine. <laughs> we usually don't shift up the, the host, but this is SOCAP, and so everything's a little, it's a little, a little, a little different. different. A little different. I think I know you're Cheryl. I think that's good. <laughs> yes. So we get the pleasure of being on air with uh, fabulous guests. Our next guest here joining us in San Francisco at SOCAP is Teresa Duncan, Director of Philanthropic Engagement at Burning Man. Now, I'm thinking a lot of our guests know something mm-hmm. about Burning Man. I confess I've never been there. I'm thinking lots of creativity, lots of sand. I see the sand, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dust um, and, and great energy, but it sounds like really hot. <laughs> Tell us about So for our, I, I don't, you know, like, I'm assuming that maybe some of our listeners are, are Right. Need, need more than that. Right, because our <laughs> listeners aren't just so kept folks. They're, you know, just regular people right. so driving what, their car someplace. Yeah, so Burning Man. What's Burning Man? And then let's go to the philanthropic engagement at Burning Man. Sure. So Catherine and Cheryl, thanks for having, you, glad you, having join. me join you this morning. I think you're on the right track. A lot of that is true. A lot of creativity, <laughs> a lot of dust, and it is very hot. So <laughs> you've got that right. I think what most people know about Burning Man is about the event we have in the desert each year. Right. 70,000 people come together for an eight-day event to build a city together. That's what most people know us about. We, we just can sort of pause there for yeah, a moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's 70,000 people come to the desert mm-hmm. to create, I mean, where there is nothing, right? There is nothing. And it then is. we create the city and then we take it apart. Correct. We and leave no trace. We're also the amazing. largest event in the world that leaves absolutely no trace once we leave. Wow. Okay. And when, when is this your uh, Burning Man? People are thinking like, oh my God, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should start planning now. Um, the largest event we have is held in, uh, in Nevada. It's in Black Rock Desert, and it happens at the end of August each year. Um, we have a lot of information on our website. Um, tickets do sell out really quickly. We are also known for that. Um, so be sure to um, sign up and, and get and more information. for this August explore. or a future one. Yeah. Okay. But I think in addition to that, uh, what has arisen out of this special event is really a global culture. And that's what I think your listeners may be mm-hmm. really surprised to learn about, um, is that it's turned into a global culture. And there's now events and communities around the world that are all based on the Burning Man uh, 10 principles. So like little local Burning Men? Um, <laughs> there's, that's a burning baby. Strike that. There's all size events. Uh-huh. So there's over 80 official events that happen around the world that are uh-huh. produced by the local communities. Um, there's an event, everything from a few hundred people um, for an event in Germany called Burning Bear, um, all the way up until t- you know, 10,000 people gathering um, in the desert in Israel. Um, or gathering in South Africa. I have to say, so, you know, as I, as I occasionally mention on air, I actually live in uh, Washington, D.C., right. right? I teach at, at Penn in Philadelphia. Uh, the Smithsonian, the Renwick Museum, has a, uh, an exhibit that I think it's still going on. It's mm-hmm. fascinating and fun of the artwork of Burning Man. So oh. it's some extraordinary exhibits. And I have to say, you know, having never been to the sand, I've been to the lovely, beautiful <laughs> mansion of the Renwick Museum, it gave me a little bit of a sense of uh, 
what kind of extraordinary creativity and fun. I mean, these mm -hmm. just amazing artwork. So um, how does this, the philanthropic piece, I'm, I'm hearing community, I'm hearing this kind of creative mm -hmm. open spirit. And environmental. Mm -hmm. And environmental. Right. But what's the, where, does it, where is the philanthropic engagement that, that is part of your role? Oh, it's, it's really threaded through every Burning Man experience in a couple ways. Um, primarily, when we think about Burning Man, um, it's important to, to know that we have transitioned into a, a nonprofit. So we're a 5013C nonprofit. We have programs that uh, support our global community. And the philanthropy comes in in a couple different ways. One is that as a nonprofit, and in order to meet the growing demands of our community, we're raising dollars to support our nonprofit and to su so that we can in turn support the art, the artists, the communities, and the demand around the world. But even more foundational than that is our gifting culture. So one of the 10 principles at Burning Man is gifting. So when you come to that event in the desert right. or any of the official events around the world, you can't purchase anything except for ice and coffee. We make exceptions for those. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, everything is a gift. So people come with the intention of giving, and that's how we support each other and support our community. So they, they bring objects? They bring all kinds of things. And advice and insight? And oh my gosh, there's all sorts of ranges. I'll uh -huh. give you just a few examples. Okay. One is there's this wonderful camp that their gift that they decide to give is French toast for over a thousand people, mm. where they bring all the ingredients and they bring all the volunteers wow. and they participate to gift French toast. And literally, I think it's a few thousand people that they're up to. Yeah, you can just sort of conjure up what that smells like. Oh, it's yeah. sort of like, yum. It's amazing. Out of, out of the dust arises a French toast station. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's also everything from, like you mentioned, objects. So some people are giving gifts and objects uh -huh. um, just to express themselves and to give to others. Um, you mentioned even advice and guidance. There's this... Uh, there's pop-up gifts that happen. So for example, if, if your expertise is life coaching or giving people advice or guidance, you can set up a station and gift that to the whole community. Oh. And sometimes it could be very serious, like let's really talk about the future of your life. Other times, they could be set up just to give you the worst advice possible. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in jest, in fun, and it's really a, an important part of our Making culture. the sand and heat seem a little bit worth it. You go, Cheryl. You tell me. <laughs> you tell me all about it with all of your best, with your thousands of best friends. Um, so it, and is the, so is, so talk to us about your role specifically. What, um, what does your job entail? What is success for you in this, in this role as, as, uh, as you know, director of philanthropic engagement? Well, um, success comes in, in many different ways. And what I love about Burning Man, the experience, not just the organization or the nonprofit, is that we, que we ask ourselves that question often. What is real success to us in our community? Um, in my role as director of philanthropic engagement, um, a direct result of, of doing really well in my work is being able to connect people who want to give to Burning Man projects with projects and programs that they're really passionate about. That is my... That is what uh, lights up my day. That's yeah. why I want to work till late hours is so that I can um, connect people who are passionate about what we do at Burning Man to those projects. And, and just and to follow up on that a little mm -hmm. bit. So it sounds like um, with many philanthropic grants, there's mm -hmm. the, the funder wants something to happen mm -hmm. and then the recipient has to do that mm -hmm. if they want the grant. Mm -hmm. Is this the kind of thing where there's there's a project going on and the funder instead says, I'll support that? Yeah, so talking about deliverables and impact, yeah. which is the theme of SOCAP, right? We're talking about that at almost every session. Um, absolutely. And we are getting um, uh, 
better at telling our story because a lot of what Burning Man's impact is can't be talked about in just pure numbers. It's not the number of people mm -hmm. we serve. It's really through the power of storytelling so we can really understand the impact mm -hmm. that is rippling that originates in this So event. help us understand that story. How do you mm -hmm. describe the impact of Burning Man? Mm -hmm. So everyone, one of the beautiful things about Burning Man is everyone has their own experience and we try not to dictate what that experience is. Um, I think one way to look at it is that in traditional um, conventional impact measurement um, and the way we approach a lot of nonprofit structures, we first identify a cause right. and then we rally a community around it mm -hmm. to support that cause. We actually do the opposite. We develop a community that is so strong and is so engaged. We basically develop engaged citizens. That, in a sense, is our impact in the world. And with that engagement, we then have people going out in the world that want to do different things in their lives and with their, with their communities. Mm -hmm. And that translates into social activism. It translates into civic engagement. It turns into transforming people's lives to become artists and to really be active in their communities, yeah. which is something that most organizations have the cause but struggle with how do you build the engagement. Right, right. And, and do you have an example of that where you've seen that, that the folks come together at Burning Man and mobilize then to take action? Oh, my gosh. There's so many. I wish we had more time. <laughs> um, w there's so many good stories. Um, one example is our Burners Without Borders program. Burners without borders, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> so if we take uh, the experience that our participants are having at Burning Man, they realize that they're also learning leadership skills, building skills. Um, they're learning both hard and soft skills, how to relate to people, so that they go back in their communities um, and they want to make a change. So they may decide that they want to build a shelter for children in their community. Mm -hmm. They may b decide, like a group in Corpus Christi, Texas, that they want to start cleaning up their beaches as burners. But instead of just doing a cleanup, they build a whole community around it. And they celebrate by burning their own effigy on the desert, or, or out in the beach uh, in, in Texas. So we're, we're talking with Teresa Duncan, Director of Philanthropic Engagement at Burning Man. How did you get involved with this? How did it, tell us your path. Did you go to Burning Man some years ago? or what, <laughs> how, did this, how did this happen? Sure. Uh, so I... Uh, I, my first year at Burning Man was five years ago. Okay. And I was, at the time, I'd been working in nonprofits and fundraising for about, uh, at that time, it was over 13 years, mm -hmm. um, working mostly for environmental organizations. And when I went to Burning Man for the first time, I knew that day, even though I couldn't make sense of anything I was seeing, the size, the scale, the gifting, the culture was just too much for me to process. But I knew I wanted to do this every year, forever. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was immediately drawn to it. Uh -huh. um, I had no plans for working for Burning Man. That wasn't uh, in the trajectory. Uh, and uh, two years later, I, through a series of events, I learned that they were a nonprofit, and they had just created this new role um, in helping develop their nonprofit programs. So when this opportunity came up, it was kind of a dream come true. Wow. I feel like my background in nonprofits, I have a degree in, in philosophy um, and an MBA. So, I. so I, oh, good. <laughs> oh, I and an MBA. <laughs> so then I have to tell you that one of the things about Burning Man is, for many, in many ways, it's the greatest philosophical experiment. Interesting. Instead of talking about philosophy, we get to go out and create it anew every year in the desert. Uh, uh, that, yeah. that, that is that is very that is very intriguing. So um, Burning Man has been around for a long time mm -hmm. uh, now. Actually, tell us when was the first year of Burning Man? It was over 30 years ago so on Baker Beach here in San Francisco. Right. No idea. Right. Yes, I remember that. Now I remember that. Okay, so where 
given you know, and, and it's relatively new nonprofit uh, you described. Where do you see Burning Man? Where do you see this philanthropic engagement going to be in the next five or ten years? Give us a little preview of what you hope will happen in the future. Well, I know in the next five to ten years, we are scaling our growth. Uh, we're, we're, we are working hard to keep up with the demands that are coming in from all corners of the world, um, and we want to support that community. So in the, in the short term, I see that. One of the things that I think relates to what we're talking a lot about at SOCAP is about how do we frame the impact we want to have in the world? And the, the cultural founders, who we owe so much to at Burning Man, had a vision a few years ago to really think about what is the 100-year plan for Burning Man. Mm. And that's ambitious. That's, that's a bold plan. Yeah. What I love about it, it is, it is not up to us. It is up to everyone who's part of the community. Right. So everyone gets to participate in what the 100-year plan looks like for Burning Man. So we don't know. Yeah. And there's a lot of beauty in not knowing what the future holds. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> We're hearing, it's funny, there, there are uh, uh, in, intriguing different themes coming through on the show today. And um, a lot about you know, business acumen, smarts, investments that actually you know, yield financial return. There's another theme around listening, and I think I'm hearing that with you as well. So the importance of listening and, and then listening and conversation. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank Teresa you Duncan, thank you. great to have you with us. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.